You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. Uh, My name is Amy Johnson, and I will be your host for the next hour here on the Canadians Connection podcast, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, This is episode 178 of the Canadians Connection. And of course, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host. He happens to be the editor-in-chief, founder, and president of Rocket Sports, and that's Mr. Rick Stevens. Uh, Good morning, sir. It is good morning. Uh, As you can tell by my voice, a little bit more gravelly than usual. How are you? Oh, we get the slurp this morning. Excuse me while I down buckets of coffee. (laughs) What ungodly hour do you have us in the studio for a call? Yeah, ahead of the the Canadians' uh, noon twelve thirty game, uh-huh. both Saturday and Sunday. After, on the morning after an eleven p.m. puck drop for U.S. Canada in the Olympics. Are, are you paying attention to the Olympics? I I I'm I'm not really. Are you just saying that because yes, U.S. yes beat Canada last night? That was that was. <laughs> it's tough. It's not. It's not best on best. So it's tough watching those games. Oh, it's it's best on best. All right, uh, really best on best of non NHL players. I see. I can't help it if it. Uh, we adore Eddie Pasquale. Uh, we We've do. interviewed personally. Petty, we Pet, do. Eddie Pasquale plenty of times in his ice caps days, but uh, I hate to break it to you, Eddie Pasquale is not going to get you to an Olympic. Oh, goal. he looked rough last night. Sean Farrell is going to help the U.S. get there. Mm. I'm telling you, Jake Sanderson is. Sean Farrell, Maddie Canadian's Beers. prospect. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hey, um. Also, of course, the reason why the Canadians have an early start today. Well. I don't know why they're starting early today and tomorrow. It's normal on Sunday because it's Super Bowl Sunday, but I guess they yeah, decided they need to 24 make... 24 hours between games, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Um, who you got for the Super Bowl? You going to watch the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, do I, <laughs> do I care? I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm going Rams. All right. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the Rams. 
Well, our our tremendous sponsor, DraftKings, and we're going to hear from them here in a little bit in the show. They've got a great um, Super Bowl incentive for new users, but um, that we're going to tell you about in a little while. But I'm not a new user, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to partake in our sponsor, DraftKings, many Super Bowl betting options. All right. <laughs> so, you know. You'll let us know next week how you did. Or, or I won't. <laughs> <laughs> or you might not be here. You or, win big, yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going with the Rams. We'll see what. We'll see how it goes. Today, however, uh, we've. Got, I wonder what. Do we really have much to talk about today? Uh, it's been a busy week. A little bit. Um, we're gonna bring you some. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna recap what games the Canadians played this week that seems like the lesser of the news but but it's still important so we'll talk to you a bit about a couple games that took place this week uh get you up to date on some roster news we've got a great habs prospect report for you not only talking about how the laval rocket have been doing but also uh some prospect information in the chl and yes those winter olympics uh so we'll talk a bit about that we've got some uh and we'll wrap up the first segment with some pretty significant hockey news and notes specifically related to the Montreal Canadiens, uh, including the firing of one Dominic Ducharme uh, and our thoughts on on that first hammer that fell this week. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, in the second, I think I have that gravelly voice thing that, <laughs> that you've got going on as well. Uh, in the second segment, um, Michael Spinella will... Uh, pop into the studio and you and he will tackle the big topic, which is the second part of the big news of the week, which is Dom Ducharme's replacement, uh, the hiring of Martin St. Louis. Uh, you two are going to take a very close look at the ins and outs of the decision to hire St. Louis, uh, what the outlook is for uh, a person like St. Louis to take over the bench boss position in Montreal and just your all of your opinions and analysis. So it's going to be a great second segment. Uh, then finally, in the third segment, we come back, we're going to get you caught up in all the content that you might have missed here at Rocket Sports Media, because as Rick said, it has been a busy week. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to read some of your responses and thoughts uh, from our social media feeds of uh, your opinions of Marty St. Louis coming in as interim head coach. Uh, and then we're going to get you all set to uh, enjoy some hockey this weekend and uh, send you on your merry way. Perfect. Before puck drop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be busy. Uh, all right. So let's, uh, I should mention, uh, this is an interactive podcast. As I said, Rick is going to read some responses from you uh, from from our social media feeds. But that's not the only way that you can actually get in touch with us, particularly if you'd like to send us a comment that you're hoping to hear read uh, on the podcast. You can text us at any time. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, via the Rocket Sports text line. That's 585-3-ROCKET. Again, 585-3-ROCKET. And of course, uh, you can always reach out and follow us at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. All right. So... I think uh, I think the writing, if the writing hasn't been on the wall for a very long time, it was definitely on the wall on Tuesday night when uh, first game coming back after a nice little All Star break and Montreal's hosting the New Jersey Devils, uh, who were were 
nurturing their own losing streak, um, what kind of game was it going to be? Well, turned out uh, the Devils were going to put Montreal down 7-1 to on Tuesday night. As uh, Josh Anderson said after the game, quote, we were embarrassed in this game. And it was quite obvious players were not happy at all with this but there there were there was no there was no sunshine and silver linings or trying to find a positive out of it it was just rick it was embarrassing is exactly a good word it was an atrocious game to watch embarrassing uh and partly because as you said uh, the devils were coming into this game uh losers of seven uh and and having a a tough season they had only won uh, one of their previous 10 games and yet they they mopped the floor with the Canadians and and Josh Anderson he used the word embarrassed um, after the game um, his his other quote was about fun he said it's not fun losing right now it's not fun coming to the rink we've got to make hockey fun again um, and so uh, it appears that <laughs> that uh, those were the operative words and yeah. uh, Kent Gordon. Uh, um, Kent Hughes. I put those we could, together. We could just call. Yeah, the, that'd be all right. Collectively, they're just Kent Gordon. Uh, Jeff Gordon <laughs> and Kent Hughes went out and uh, brought in some fun, I guess, uh, is how that worked out. I guess so. I have to say, um, I think what was most painful, just before we move to the next game, what was what was po- most painful for me in that game is watching Caden Primo get shelled again. Yeah. This kid really needs to go back to the AHL if, you know, we had said the last couple of seasons, every time people were clamoring for him to to get a call up to the NHL to fill in here and there, we just kept screaming, no, 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 he is not ready. I think everyone now knows Caden Primo's not ready for the NHL. No. And, and he really, I hope, to goodness gracious, they do something to get him back down to, the, to Laval because uh, I, f- I actually feel really bad badly for him. Um, this can't be, this can't be fun for him. No, not at all. <laughs> um, so then... Yes. Next morning, um, we find out the news that Ducharme's gone. We're gonna get. We're gonna talk about that timeline later uh, in in this first segment. So the turnover happens the next day. Ducharme's out. Marty Saint Louis is announced as the new head coach. He doesn't come into Montreal until Thursday. Um, does a press conference Thursday morning and is behind the bench Thursday night for his first ever uh, outing as. Well, I can't even say as an NHL head coach, just in a, a head coach in in hockey and in, in any kind of serious hockey. Um, and so, OK, what's going to happen? Will they come out with a win? Is there going to be this new renewed energy? You know, when big things like this happen, teams tend to come out on on the winning side of things. There's it lights a fire in the locker locker room, things of that nature. And to their credit, I will admit uh, the bench looked a lot more lively Um the guys on the ice looked a lot more engaged. They looked a lot more motivated than particularly than they did on Tuesday night, but uh, they still lost five to two. But Cole Caulfield scored. He did almost twice, Uh huh. but not just once, just once (laughs) legally, legally only once. But yes, there was a a whole lot more energy um, to, to the players and, and um, you know, choose how you think to interpret that. Um, probably, uh, it was, uh, 
you know, the, it's, it's no secret that, that uh, the players and uh, uh, Dom Ducharme didn't see eye to eye. There was, they were at loggerheads. They didn't enjoy playing for him. And so you remove that oppressor and, and they're going to perform better no matter who's there. Um, Marty St. Louis, well, he, he, he just got in. He attended the, the press. He, he didn't even uh, attend the, the uh, uh, game day skate because uh, he was busy preparing for his, his uh, entrance, his introduction to the Montreal media. Uh, it was the assistant coaches that um, you know, put together the game plan that, uh, you know, changed lines um, as Marty said, he didn't he didn't know the the players' numbers. He didn't know their nicknames. Um, so, but but he was able to to kind of inject some emotion into the team. And and yes, they looked other than the goaltending, uh, they looked much better. Caden Primo gave up uh, four goals. Three were really soft. Uh, he didn't the the coaching change didn't affect his play. No. Uh, but there there was uh, the 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 celebration by Habs fans after the game was was fascinating because they were all uh, saying that it was a much better product to watch. They were, and and that's kind of what I was alluding to in introducing this this game is that it was more entertaining to watch for sure. Mm-hmm. Tuesday night was painful. Um, Thursday night was at least entertaining. You could see that there was a bit of a weight lifted off of, of the shoulders of the players. Um, to his credit, it was, it was wonderful to see a just genuinely gigantic beaming smile on Cole Caulfield. When he put that puck in the back of the net, you could tell that was a gigantic weight off his shoulders. Uh, and maybe that starts something, uh, for Cole Caulfield, which would be a good thing. Um, of course, yes, Caden Primo got pulled in this game. Uh, couldn't have, couldn't have felt good for him there. Um, and and as you say, you know, for Marty St. Louis to say that I, I really feel the only thing we didn't do tonight is win. Well, I'm not quite sure that that's the only thing that they didn't do. <laughs> um, no, there's there's a it's a lot more than just well if we just win a game, ta-da! Like that's that's. It's going to take a lot more work than that. So uh, the Canadians uh, go 0 for 2 this week. Their record remains the same as it was last week. 8-31-7, and 7, still 32nd in the NHL. Um, but hey, don't worry. There's lots more hockey coming up this month. Uh, it's going to be a, it's actually going to be a very busy uh, weekend and week ahead for the Canadians. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Uh, for roster news, amazingly... Um, there's no one on the short-term injury list right now, nope. I, which is I, like, when's the last time that that's been the case? Uh, Yoel Armia and Cole Caulfield, of course, uh, took them a little while longer to return to the lineup because they were stuck in Michigan for a little while due to COVID restrictions, but they both returned. Wisconsin, but or, it's sorry, all Michigan, the same. Wisconsin, yep. in that general area. <laughs> I, I'm an American. I know. I know my states. Come on. <laughs> um they returned to the lineup this week. Of course, we, as we mentioned, uh, Caulfield, of course, already making uh, making some impact. And Yoel Armia uh, looked a little better than than he did before the All Star break, before his COVID absence as well. So uh, we'll see how things continue to to progress for them. Uh, I think what's weird, I'm hoping somebody's going to ask Marty Saint Louis today um, after the game. Um, Christian Dvorak practiced with the team we were told that he was ready to come back 
by Ducharme uh, prior to Tuesday's game, but he didn't play. He didn't play Thursday night. Um, so he's a giant question mark. We're not quite sure what the deal is with Devo. Yeah, um, he practiced, and and it wasn't like he was an extra rotating in. He he practiced on the second line and looked like he was going to be making his return on Tuesday, and then uh, and then didn't um, didn't play on Thursday, and it doesn't look like he's going to play um, uh, Saturday. So uh, we don't have an update uh, on Dvorak whether he's had a setback or or not. It, they, the Canadians haven't uh, announced that. No. So that's uh, that's an interesting one. We'll see we'll see what happens there. Um, there's a Molson Cup winner for for January, and I know a lot of times when Carey Price is in the lineup, Carey Price wins this honor quite it's often. Carey Price Cup, it is. Uh, so in sticking with the tradition, I guess they decided to give it to a goaltender. <laughs> um, and I shouldn't laugh. Congratulations to Sam Montembeau um, for being named the Molson Cup winner. But as I said in our group. Uh, chat on Slack. I said, exactly how bad does a team need to be for their January Molson Cup winner to have this sentence in the press release? This is your Molson Cup winner. Ta-da! We're putting this center stage, this player. Great job. Quote, in nine games in January, the 25-year-old netminder posted a 1-3-2 record with an 889 save percentage and a 443 goals against average. I'll go out and limb and say first player in Canadians history to win the Molson Cup with a 4.43 goals against average. Yikes! Of course, and and the reason that he was eligible to win was because he was first star once mm-hmm. in the month of January. Not um, much to pick from. No, uh, so it's it's less of a it's less of a, a criticism against Sam Montembo. Congratulations to him. It's more of an indication of just how terrible this team is right now. That that that's. That's the best you got for the month of January. Um, let's hope February changes a little bit. Let's Maybe. hope. Let's hope. Uh, of course, we do know Dominic Ducharme fired on uh, Wednesday uh, after after the team practice. Um, assistant coaches all remained. Uh, which... A little odd with Luke Richardson being tossed to the fire. Um, yeah, uh, you know, before the official announcement was was made, uh, Luke Richardson p- put before the media, and there was okay, something's happening here because Dom Deschamps isn't here, and, and of course the. the the, the media who like to to carry water for the Canadians say, oh, nothing to see, nothing to see. Um, uh, the media requested to yeah, speak uh-huh, to him. Right. No, you didn't. Get Don't give me that nonsense. No. It- but but listen, <laughs> Richardson played the good soldier. It was it was the best um, coach's presser of the year by far. Most informative. Hands down. Yep. And we saw that even when, when Richardson stepped in to replace Ducharme during the Stanley Cup playoffs when Ducharme was out with COVID-19. Um those pressers were, were his analysis was intelligent. He's got great hockey IQ. He communicates very well, uh, is very well-spoken, very, very down to earth. And he's very passionate about what he does. So yeah, I was, I was like, wow, man, if only we could have press conferences like this every day. Um, so then of course, yes, it came out not long after that press conference was over that Ducharme had been canned, um, but that they were going to wait, uh, a replacement. It's and they, and they were so cryptic in their press release too. Uh, Dominic Ducharme has been relieved of his duties. They listed all of the assistant coaches and and 
IT folks and a video assistant coaches and whatever, uh, all remain, remain, their status remains unchanged, I think is, is how they put it. And a, and a replacement head coach will be announced later today. Let the drama build. Like, seriously? Like, <laughs> you either don't know or you've got to short up. No, it's that, well, we're just going to let Twitter burn itself down for three hours. Um, and I even had a tweet of stupid gif of, you know, a million Spongebobs running around in, in flames and saying, this is me, this is my brain trying not to catastrophize what what is going to be announced today. And I mean, that's everybody just jumped off a cliff with the rumors and the speculation. And, you know, you had journalists saying, I've got five different sources telling me they've confirmed five different people that are going to mean it, it was mm-hmm. it was a bit of a circus. <laughs> but then Martin St. Louis is announced. And I think we all went, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was it was a shock to yeah. shock to Canadians fans. But uh, talking to, to uh, seeing the comments and and to people around the hockey, they're stunned, um, st- absolutely stunned. They're like, oh, we didn't see that one coming. No. Um, and so yes, uh, in the next segment, uh, you and and Michael Spinella are going to fully analyze that decision to bring in Martin St. Louis, who has no coaching experience outside of peewee hockey. Um, it's an interesting choice. You guys are going to get into it. We'll talk to talk a little bit more about that later on in this, in the show. Uh, for now, uh, let, we've got, we, we do have some positive Habs things to talk about, and that's uh, on the Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Well, the Laval Rocket are not uh, doing the same thing that their big brothers, the Montreal Canadiens, are doing, let me tell you. Uh, Laval is sitting uh, currently 15th in the AHL with a 1913-3-0 record. Uh, they are right in the middle of the pack in the North Division, currently in fourth place, currently occupying a playoff spot. Uh, and so this entire month, I think they've got 13 games on the slate this month. Only one of those games is not against a division of rival. Uh, so it's an important month of hockey for the Laval Rocket as they battle to maintain and or gain on that playoff positioning. Needless to say, uh, the game they played last Saturday did not help in that cause. Uh, They were coming off of a very long road trip, lots of overnight travel, uh, and they were down three of their centers uh, over the course of the the previous couple of days. And so they went into Belleville and dropped a six to one loss to the Senators. Uh, It was... I would say Saturday's game for the Laval Rocket and against the Belleville Senators was the equivalent of Montreal's appearance uh, against the Devils on Tuesday night. Uh, and many of the Rocket players uh, indicated that as well, either post-game or this week, saying, listen, uh, that, that game was just awful. <laughs> um, but they... They redeemed themselves. They came home this week still playing. Uh, there's 500 fans allowed in the building. Again, they're mostly in the corporate suites at Place Bell. But because of the scheduling, remember, there were all of those postponements because of COVID back in December around the AHL. And so uh, they've got three home games this week, Wednesday night, 
uh, Friday night, last night, and also Saturday afternoon, all against the Syracuse Crunch. So it's kind of like a mini series like we saw last year a lot uh, against the Syracuse Crunch. And Laval redeemed themselves Wednesday night, coming out with a 6-2 victory over the Syracuse Crunch. And then and then last night in a much more tightly, much more def- tightly played and defensive game uh, last night uh, in Laval, um, a 2-1 victory in overtime against the Crunch. So Rick, they're, uh, they're looking to make a clean sweep of the series this week, this afternoon. That's right. And it's it's an important series. It's interesting how the schedule worked out with this three game mini series, as you talk, uh, as you mentioned, um, them occupying uh, the fourth spot uh, when they came into this uh, Syracuse was right behind them. Uh, so this this is going to go a long way to determine uh, a playoff spot mm-hmm. uh, for Laval uh, with with the two wins over Syracuse uh, so far. Um, of the three, uh, Syracuse has been bumped to uh, sixth place. Um, so uh, again, another important game uh, on Saturday for them. Uh, and then um, um, Belleville's in the mix too. They're uh, fifth place in the division and uh, Laval plays uh, Belleville uh, three Next, times yeah. uh, this month. So um, it, it's, as you said, divisional games, it's it's going to be... Uh, and, and a very busy schedule. February is an important month for the Laval Rocket. It really is. There's a lot of hockey happening. So uh, Chris G, of course, has been at Plus Bell uh, for each game this week. He'll be there again this afternoon. Uh, you can follow both his and my coverage of the Laval Rocket at the AHL Report on Twitter. Visit AHLReport.com for our complete game recaps, including uh, post-game interviews uh, either done by myself or Chris G, uh, the audience from those interviews with J.F. Uhl and and players uh, after each game, so be sure to watch for that. Outside of the AHL, there's still prospect action happening and news. Uh, in the CHL, Logan Mayu out for two to three weeks with a lower body injury suffered while warming up uh, last Friday for a game against uh, Windsor. Um, so Mayu's going to be out of action for a bit. Um and and since his suspension was listed lifted and he began playing, Rick, uh, he's he's actually been performing well. He's had some production. He's he's got some points. Uh, so two to three weeks is is probably not very welcome for him. Watching him on the ice, he's been very dominant uh, with the London Knights. Um, he's been out for a, a week already. So um, a, a week or two left um, with that mysterious injury that happened in warmups. Moving on to the dun, 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 Winter Olympics. Do I sing? This is where I sing the U.S. At- anthem. Um, no, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sean, that's Fer- on our Patreon. <laughs> if we had oh, dear a Patreon, God, no, no. I would have to pay people to listen to me <laughs> sing the anthem. A uh, couple of Habs prospects participating in the Winter Olympics. Uh, we'll actually start with with the goaltender uh, Frederick Decal. Uh, playing for Denmark, um, had a very good outing in their first game, um, allowing one goal on 32 shots. Against Russia, yeah, yeah. He looked great. He did. He looked tremendous. I think they're playing again today, so we'll see. I'm not sure if he's in net or not, but keep an eye on him. You know, we're t- we've talked a lot about how um, it's become very apparent that outside of Carey Price, the Montreal Canadiens' depth uh, at goaltending uh, is severely lacking. And so keeping an eye on the very young goaltending prospects uh, that are in in the pipeline for the Canadians, like Decal, like uh, Jakob Dobis, and, and 
whatnot are going to become more important. So you want to catch those Denmark games at decals in the crease. Um, uh, on his first Olympic uh, performance, uh, Dika said it was a great and fun experience. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, now, if you've watched either of the two U.S. games, I'm sure a lot of people certainly watched the one last night against Canada. Uh, that was while Sean Farrell did get an assist uh, in last night's four to two victory over Team Canada. Uh, that was not his highlight real game. Uh, he actually has six points, including that assist, in the two games he's played. He put up a five-point night, three goals, yes, a hat trick, and two assists uh, on helping Team USA shut out China 8 to nothing earlier this weekend. Let me tell you. Uh, highlight real goal, just gorgeous goals. One of his assists was a was a no-look pass from from down below the goal line. Uh, just beautiful. Um Sean Farrell's looking like the real deal, I, I got to tell you. He had an assist against Canada. And and listen, um, this is a prospect that fourth round prospect in, in 2020. Uh, we remember his um, a stunning season with the Chicago Steel, the USA, USHL, 101 points. Uh, he's been at Harvard this year and uh, 19 points in 17 games. Um, he, he knows how to put the puck in the net. Absolutely. So uh, that to me is the fun part right now of watching the Winter Olympics, uh, particularly the men's hockey tournament, um, is is watching the prospects. Um, there's some Flyers prospects and Noah Cates in there, former Phantoms captain Andy Mealy, uh, or former Phantoms player Andy Mealy is captain of Team USA. He actually got the, the scoring started last night. Um, even fun getting to watch Max Freeberg, uh, Jacob Della Rose, uh, those kinds of guys uh, playing. Jordan Wheel was playing for Team Canada last night. Um, Eric State, not a pro- former prospect, but even just getting to watch Eric Stahl play. It's, those are the fun parts uh, right now of watching. What the isn't fun is watching Eddie Pasquale right now, and and no. I say that with with all uh, affection. Love Eddie Pasquale. Yes. Um, interviewed Eddie Pasquale. Um, and uh, when he was with the St. John's Ice Caps, and and uh, right now, you know he's been playing well. He's been in the KHL with Locomotive the last couple of years, and and has uh, a, a good record with them. But um, he did not look good against the U.S. as a couple of of weak goals. Um, they Team Canada also has Matt Top, Tompkins, uh, who's playing with uh, Fralunda this year. Uh, in the SHL, uh, but in the press box is is Devin Levi, and he's probably the most, I would say, talented um, of of the the goalies uh, that they have, and certainly the the youngest at 21 years old um, has been playing uh, for Utica, and as we know, Utica is top of the standings in the AHL uh, this season um, with a great record. So uh, perhaps we'll see somewhere along the way, we'll see Devin Levi. And we saw Claude Julian behind the bench uh, last night, has recovered from that rib injury, mm-hmm. uh, was cleared to travel to Beijing, um, and, and he's back behind the bench. So glad to see Claude Julian is feeling better. Um, also, and one other, mo- just fun to get to watch Owen Power and Maddie Beniers play. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's, it's just, it's, we, we all missed out on the World Junior Tournament earlier this year, so it's great to get some of these young, uh, young guys uh, some, some TV time. Uh, so again, as I mentioned, be sure to read uh, all the content at AHLReport.com. Also, subscribe and listen to uh, our prospect-centric 
podcast, The Press Zone, which comes out at uh, the AHL Report every Tuesday, uh, had a great episode this past week. Uh, bringing you all sorts of audio from the Laval Rocket uh, coach and players uh, as well. Patrick Williams joined us on the show for an AHL hot stove, which was a really great edition of it. Uh, And so you don't want to miss that. Head over to thepresszone.fm to check that out and make sure you subscribe. Um, Just for some news and notes, um, we mentioned that Place Bell is currently um, allowing 500 spectators in. I believe uh, the Bell Center is doing the same thing, mostly mm-hmm. corporate suites. Uh, but Francois Legault announced that they will uh, be able to return to 50% fan capacity uh, in just over another week. February 21st is when the Bell Center can com- get back to 50% capacity. And then three weeks after that, March 14th, uh, if all goes well (laughs) between now and then, back to 100% capacity at the Bell Center. And uh, welcome news to uh, Jeff Molson's pocketbook, I'm sure. Uh, Interesting that this came out uh, days uh, after uh, Gary Bettman's threat to to move the uh, the the a draft NHL entry draft uh, if uh, restrictions re- remained in place. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that that timing was not coincidental. Uh, so, really, the big news of the week was um, Dom Ducharme. Uh, with not so glorious of an exit from the Canadians organization, um, almost he didn't even make it a year. Um, February 24th was, was the date that he was appointed last year after Claude Julian had gotten fired. Um, and before that, uh, I think it was Tarion had been fired on Valentine's day. So uh, February, watch out head coaches in Montreal. (laughs) February is not kind to you at all. Um, but yeah, didn't even make it quite a year. Um, Dom Ducharme, 23, 46 and 14, for 83 regular season games as as head coach. Um, you know, we've been, and this is nothing against Dom Ducharme as a person, you know, we, the first time we interviewed Dom Ducharme was when he was the head coach of Team Canada for the World Junior Tournament years ago. Um, you know, and he's he's friendly uh, to, you know, doesn't like to, we, we've talked about this plenty, he doesn't like to do, press he doesn't like to do media he told us that at the time uh you know as an aside when we were getting ready to do interviews um so nothing against Dom Ducharme as the person but we knew going in that he was not going to be the person to take over the permanent head coaching position uh, for the Montreal Canadiens in fact when he was made interim last season we all said even if they go on a good run here at the end of the season they can't bring him back as the permanent head coach in the fall well Unfortunately, Carey Price and Shea Weber, the rest of the team, had had different ideas on how the rest of the season was going to go. You know, they they did they limped their way to the playoffs, and then you know, Carey Price did what Carey Price does, and and he and the leadership uh, in that locker room uh, got the team all the way to the Stanley Cup final, and that you can't tell me anything differently. That is the reason Dom Ducharme was given a contract over the summer. If that hadn't happened, if they had gotten, if if Toronto had won. That fourth game in that first series, Dom Ducharme would have been gone. Absolutely. Um, but because there's a big splash, they get to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since uh, 93. Uh, there's all sorts of buzz, all sorts of good feelings. 
Dom Ducharme rode the coattails, got swept along right with that. And here's a three-year contract for you, Dom. And and we said multiple times, Rick, at the time, uh, this is a mistake. Dom Ducharme is is not gonna. This is he's not gonna repeat this. This isn't gonna happen again. Particularly with the turnover that's gonna happen with the roster over the summer. And and sure enough, this is not like oh we were right. This isn't one of those things. It's just th- that was. If you were making a hockey decision and not an emotional decision, people would have seen that uh, at its face last summer. And so we were forced to watch Dom Ducharme slowly dig a deeper and deeper hole this year. Sure, he was he was dealt a raw deal. Wasn't expecting to not have Weber. Wasn't expecting to not have Price. Wasn't expecting to have multiple injuries mount up, you know, not have Edmondson for the first half of the year. We knew Byron wasn't going to be there for the first half of the year. COVID hitting again as badly as it did. So there were other odds stacked stacked against him. But at the end of the day, um, his coaching just wasn't effective. The system that he had had in place was entirely nonsensical and too complex for for even the most intelligent hockey players in the entire world to be able to execute efficiently um so we've been clamoring for him you know it's never it's never a good feeling to want someone to be let go of their job no one wants someone to see someone get fired but for the good of the organization, for the good of the development of younger players for the good of the the feeling in the in the locker room uh we knew and it's been on the wall. The writing's been on the wall for a while now that Dom Ducharme was not the right head coach for the Montreal Canadiens. And so, you know, I wish him well. Um, you know, maybe maybe he goes back and, and picks up a head coaching job in the AHL for a while uh, or something to that effect. Um, but I I think the time was definitely right. And and we said when Jeff Molson had announced uh, weeks ago that Dom Ducharme's job was safe for the rest of the year, that that was just nonsense. That you could not finish the season without him. I'm very glad to see that Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes uh, put their foot down and said, Jeff, he's got to go. Yeah, and and you know, Jeff Molson makes uh, hockey decisions for the wrong reasons, and and you know, no, he doesn't like to pay Claude Julien and Dom Descharmes not to coach, but uh, you you pay for your mistakes. Um, that that's in, in cash. In cash, as Dom Descharmes <laughs> loved to say, loved that phrase. He used it over, and in fact, he used it in his last in press Tuesday conference night, on Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yeah, which was kind of ironic. <laughs> but um, no, winning 23 games of uh, 83 that he coached in the regular season—that's a normal. That's that's just like a, a normal season. That's that's a terrible record. Uh, as you said, we 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 knew that that uh, the writing was on the wall. Uh, we we saw that he he wasn't working out, and we heard the excuses that oh he didn't he just didn't have enough practice time to implement his system. Uh, well, it was baloney because we saw he had a full. Uh, training camp to implement his system uh, this past fall, and, and didn't. it didn't work. Um, it 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 just didn't work at this level. Um, his his relationship was young with younger players, particularly even though he was touted as a junior coach, it wasn't there. Uh, he wasn't very good with younger players. Communication in the either language was poor, um, and just was not the right uh, fit. Um, and, and, you know, the players, yeah, had, had stopped, had stopped playing for him. And, and that's really sad to see. I'm hoping that we've turned a corner at, at, at least to some degree. Um, it's, it's rough being 
you know, it's rough being a fan through the last year or two. It's rough being in the media as well. Constant. Okay, Claude Julian fired. Mark Bergevin fired. Trevor Timmons fired. Uh, now Dom Ducharme fired. All in the course of less than a year. Um, I mean, it's it's been it's been a lot of bad news. It's been a lot of doom and gloom um, coming out of the Canadians organization. And maybe, maybe, maybe we can turn a corner and and start to get to bring some good news. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other half of that, of course, is that Martin St. Louis has been hired as Dom Ducharme's replacement. <laughs> I had to chuckle. You said in Slack, uh, I would have loved to have seen Ducharme's face when he found out who his replacement was. <laughs> um and uh, coming up in the next segment, Michael Spinella is going to join uh, you in the studio to go deep dive, take a really close look at St. Louis as the choice, uh, his background, the outlook for him as a coach. Is it uh, truly an interim tag? Is it going to be longer than that? Is there a different role for him in the organization? Lots of things to unpack when it comes to Marty St. Louis. So you and Michael Spinella are going to tackle that right after the break. Uh, We are now going to hear, I promised this earlier, we're going to hear from our uh, sponsors, DraftKings. They've got a special offer for new users just in time for the Super Bowl. Uh, So you're going to want to take a listen to that. Uh, And uh, we're going to take our first break here. Be sure to leave comments at All Habs on Twitter or the Facebook fan page and uh, stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. Now, if Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or over. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. 
Just a reminder to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. Now, usually I start this segment off by asking this question, but this time it's out of pure concern. Uh, How are you, Rick? (laughs) I'm doing well. Um, I was just thinking that um, early in the week, when we kind of set our schedules for the podcast and and find out who's going to be on, and and I said, I I invited you on and said, uh, you know, we'll we'll have you on for the big uh, topic segment, and... uh, you know, we said, well, what are we going to talk about? And I said, well, be patient that something might happen this week that we can talk about for the big topic. And boy, oh boy, uh, did it ever. Yeah, listen, 24 hours later, some big news came down, but uh, I, I wasn't expecting this big coaching change to happen. Well, and 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 listen, I, I think that um, certainly Jeff Molson was, was very direct when asked, that uh, no, he that that Dom Ducharme was the coach and he wasn't going anywhere uh, till the end of the season. And so, um, um, uh, by obligation, uh, Jeff Gordon was uh, uh, had to uh, had to repeat that message. Um, but um, yeah, I I I think they you know both Kent Hughes and and Jeff Gordon saw the, the writing on the wall. Um, the the team kept getting not only losing, but kept getting embarrassed and had to go to, uh, obviously Jeff Molson say, you, you know what you said? Can you, can you walk that back a bit? Can we, can we make a change here? Um, and, and yes, it was, as Jeff Gordon said, uh, about 10 days, two weeks ago, uh, they decided that, um, Dom Ducharme wasn't going to be coming back next season. They had already made that decision. But uh, they decided to give him another chance after the break, after the the All Star break. Um, but my goodness, that uh, game against New Jersey, another bottom feeding team. When the Canadians were, um, well, we heard it from Josh Anderson saying they were just thoroughly embarrassed. Yeah, I mean, even if Molson believed that Ducharme was going to be around for the remainder of the season. It was at a point, well, it was way past a point where you just, you absolutely had to do something. This team had no passion left. There was no structure. I had, in my opinion, as someone who loves watching all hockey, it wasn't fun to watch. Like it was, it was a struggle to get through to the end of some of these games here. Uh, I mean, ah, oh man, it was just, it was getting very difficult. That's all I can say about that. Um, so obviously when the, the news came down, I was surprised by the timing, but not so much surprised that it happened. Yeah, it, it's, it's clear that uh, the players had stopped. Um, it's one thing to lose, but when, when you stop caring, uh, that's a whole other level. And uh, there was just a real uh, disconnect between Dom Descharmes and the players uh, that wasn't going to be repaired. Uh, listen, we told you right from the beginning when he was uh, put into that position, he's not a good communicator. He doesn't like, uh, that isn't his strength in, in either language. And, and um, he, he was stubborn about the system that he wanted to play. Uh, we know that it was a very different system than anyone else was using. And we saw as players came to the team, um, that they had great difficulty adjusting. David Savard mentioned it. Jeff Petrie's complaint openly complained about the system. Um, and uh, a delegation of players went to to Dom Deschamps and said, "Please, can we can we 
can we go to a system we're more comfortable with? And he, no, he was loyal to his system, not loyal to his players, and that led to his demise. Yeah, I mean, call it stubbornness, call it he maybe just didn't know anything different, but his style was very dependent on goaltending. So when goaltending wasn't there, and especially this past month when it's been Montembeau and Primo, uh, it's just not been good. Uh, like goaltending's been non-existent, and the defense couldn't do anything. Like the defensive structure didn't exist; they couldn't make breakout passes. I mean, the power play was starting to be okay, but uh, yeah, long overdue in my opinion. I know. It, almost as soon as the season started, fans and various people were calling for Ducharme's head. I didn't jump on board right away, but uh, yeah, around November, December, I was like, yeah, this guy needs to go. He's a problem. Uh, when the general man, well, when we hired a new general manager and uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon was brought in, I felt like, okay, there's going to be maybe a couple weeks here and then we're going to see a coaching change because we know. Uh, new management's probably going to want to bring in their own guys, but I I'm surprised it took as long as it did. And uh, it certainly that was the right decision. So I'll just get to, I guess, your initial reaction to it because the way the Ducharme firing played out is they fired him, they announced it, and then there was kind of a waiting period in between <laughs> before we could even find out who the note coach was going to be. So what was uh, that whole experience for you going through that day? Well, it's interesting because uh, typically, um, you know, they might uh, do it all at the same time, as we've, we've seen before. But I don't know if this is the influence of, of Chantal Maccabee to let the drama build um, in, in announcing the firing. And then, as you said, there was uh, a waiting period until the announcement was made. And it was not as, it, it was, it was not as, as though they were waiting for Marty to arrive for the, the press conference, the press conference happened the next day. Um, it was, it was, it was like, it was, um, uh, I don't know, getting fans engaged, getting fans revved up, getting fans excited, um, and with all kinds of speculation, um, we saw uh, mainstream media folks um, putting it out there that they had been told uh, with some degree of certainty that this person or that person or the other person uh, was going to be named. And there was five different names out there uh, that it could be. And it turned out that, my goodness, this was the biggest surprise in our Slack group uh, with our Rocket Sports crew, we had we had tossed out some uh, reasonable names and and you know thinking thinking both on the temporary side, someone who could fill in um, for the the few months to the end of the season in an interim basis, or thinking much more long term. Um, and, and maybe we'll have a chance to review some of those names uh, in the off season. Uh, but um, I, I don't think that that anyone took the suggestion of uh, Martin St. Louis uh, very seriously at all. No, not at all. Um, unfortunately, when most of this was going down, I was at work and like just from the Slack feed, my phone like did not take a break from vibrating for like three hours straight. So by the time I actually had a chance to go and check, I think some of the names that came up were Guy Boucher, Alex Burroughs, and... Uh, Luke Richardson, I was like, ah, definitely not Boucher, but maybe I can kind of see a fit with Richardson. He's been around a while, but uh, Martin St. Louis, when that name came out, I was like, okay, I know the name. I know who he is. 
let me check and see what his coaching experience is. And it's pretty well non-existent. Uh, and people are crediting him with, I, I guess, peewee triple A hockey uh, for his son's team. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Martin St. Louis? Well, uh, you know, trot out all the numbers with respect to his career and they're impressive, but there are no numbers to support him being a head coach at the NHL level. Uh, I, I, I saw people trying, trying to kind of frame, Oh, he doesn't have NHL experience. He doesn't have pro coaching experience. Uh, let's be honest. Let's be direct. He doesn't have coaching experience. Um, he's helped out as an assistant. Let's put him in quotes, an assistant coach for his son's team, a triple a peewee team in Connecticut. As you said, his son, Mason, an eighth grader and his, his group of buddies, the eight, all eight graders, uh, they get together and, and, uh, they play hockey and, uh, kind of fun to have, uh, an NHL hall of famer as an assistant coach. Um, but I mean, that's the only experience that he has was for a couple of months, uh, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. He was, um, it was uh, the 2018-19 season um, in February and March um, that he was named a consultant for special teams, special teams being power play. He came in a couple of times and gave power play tips to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, but again, uh, there just isn't any coaching experience. Uh, there just isn't. Um, and I mean, he joked about it. Um, he, when he asked, when he was asked about his goals, his objectives, he said, uh, I want to bring, bring fun back. Mm. Uh, and, and he said, if the, if these guys, if the Canadians players are anything like me, we had the most fun ever when playing peewee hockey. So in that respect, I'm the most qualified for this job. And everybody laughed and, and it was a silly comment. Um, but, but meant to, I think, poke fun at, at his complete lack of experience for this role. I don't mind fun coming to the Montreal Canadiens for the rest of this season. That's something they've obviously lacked. I mean, the passion's not been there for them, but, uh, yeah, (laughs) I I don't really understand why that would be the reason why you bring in Martin St. Louis. Are you just bringing him specifically for fun? Then I, you know, bring him in as like, whatever, a, a different role, just as a guy to do some mentoring. Maybe he shows up in practice to do some fun drills, but like as a head coach, uh, that's pretty crazy. Um, I'm actually going to read you here a quote uh, from Hughes uh, based on why he made the hiring. So it's uh at this point in the season, the decision for our coach was more about the qualities of the coach that we were looking for and the development of our hockey players than it was about experience or winning the next hockey game. What What's your thought on that as a rationale for hiring Martin St. Louis? Um, yeah, Ken Hughes said, uh, Martin St. Louis as a player embodies the kind of culture we want, the kind of player we want, the kind of effort we want. Um, and so, okay, um, bring him in, um, and, and, and he can be an uh, inspirational kind of, uh, leader in that respect. So as you said, bring him in, uh, in a role like a skills coach, um, like a, a, a shooting coach, um, um, in that kind of role, or just bring him in as an inspira- inspirational speaker. And we've seen that before, 
Uh, it's not as if that's a new idea. Uh, last year during the playoffs, Bob Gainey came in a couple of times uh, and spoke to the team and was a great inspiration. Why? Because that's the way that that the team wanted uh, Mark Bergevin wanted uh, his team to play in the playoffs. Uh, and Bob Gainey knew the Gritty Bob Award uh, that went along with it. Um, and points were given out for certain um, characteristics and certain performances. And, and Bob Gainey was that inspirational person uh, for the, the Montreal Canadiens during the playoffs last year. So things are tough. Things are a horrible season. One of the worst seasons ever. How do you get through the last 36 games, 37 games? Uh, you could bring in uh, um, a Marty St. Louis uh, to, to give a couple of pep talks, to give some inspirational messages, even even to come in and, and be a skills coach and, and help out uh, the forwards, um, help out mentor uh, the, the younger players, um, like a Suzuki, like a Cole Caulfield, and even you know uh, Brendan Gallagher would put get a smile on his face because he's called um, uh, Marty St. Louis his hero in the past. But head coach, head coach of the most successful franchise in in the NHL history that that's just absurd. It's it, I'm sorry um, to to parachute him in ahead of, of uh, uh, so many other people. It's absurd. Yeah. And obviously Gordon and Hughes are both familiar with Martin St. Louis. Gordon traded for him when he was the general manager of the Rangers. Hughes has said that he's known him for years. Um, what exactly are the qualities that he's going to bring to the table? And why is that more important than bringing in someone with experience? Yeah, I, I and 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 listen. This has been very difficult for the players, and and the the tension between uh, them and the Dom Ducharme uh, were were difficult and unbearable, um, and so they've been released from that. They've you know it's um, they've been released from from this oppressive force, um, and and so they're going to respond well to, to just about anybody, but especially a positive, enthusiastic, inspirational kind of person. That's fine, and you can have them as part of your staff, but um, at some point, uh, you need competency, and and uh, I just, you know, the, 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 the phrase that, um, that, that, Fans are throwing out there, and, and listen, fans are excited. They've had a terrible, had to endure a terrible season. And, and once again, the Canadians trot out this shiny bauble in a former Hall of Famer, and, and they get, get to be excited again. Um, but this isn't, this can't be anything more than a short-term uh, Band-Aid uh, to take them to the end of the season. The, the, the difficulty many people are having is that that's not what was said, um, you know, in, in the presser, um, you know, Marty St. Louis said, I'm not coming here to be a substitute teacher. Um, so that's, and, and, you know, Elliot Friedman, um, he threw out this theory, what he was hearing was that uh, when when St. Louis was hired, that he would come in and and what's been difficult for Gordon and Hughes, and they 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 said this at the the press conference that they've had a real difficult time evaluating players, given the the just 
terrible uh, atmosphere that they're 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 working and and playing in. Um, they they can't evaluate the team very well because um, you know nobody's playing up to their potential. Um, so Elliot Friedman said that that here they could bring in Marty St. Louis as their guy, uh, someone that they trust and someone that they could plant on the bench and give them intelligence and say, listen, I think this guy is a part of the solution. I think this guy is part of the problem. And then Hughes and, and Gordon could develop their blueprint uh, for coming close to the trade deadline and um, you know make their decisions that way with that extra intelligence. However, and, and a reasonable theory, and, and uh, Elliot Friedman went on to say that, uh, that then come the end of the season, he figures that uh, the talk was that, that uh, St. Louis would be brought into the organization in some development role um, where he could get, gain some experience. And the, the Canadians would, would uh, do a, a legitimate uh, search for uh, a permanent head coach. The, the, and, and that all sounded reasonable. However, in the press conference, um, Hughes was was uh, flatly stated that um, Marty St. Louis isn't here to evaluate players. So kind of blew that theory out of the water. And um, so we we just don't know what what's going to happen if if um, if he's here to create camp fun for. Camp Canadians fun for a couple of months. Uh, okay, if he's the permanent head coach, uh, my goodness, they're they're setting up for a very difficult situation because because the Canadians have been there before. Yeah, um, I think you can kind of relate this to uh, Ducharme taking over as interim last season and then being handed a three year extension this season. The big difference is that Ducharme has had years of experience before that happened he wasn't just somebody that was brought in and I'm not surprised that Gordon and Hughes would want to bring in their own guy to essentially like I guess leapfrog everyone else in the organization to get that position but uh, do you think it's maybe like a little bit disrespectful I I guess for lack of a better way to put it to uh, some of the other guys within the organization who have been working hard for years of course, yes, absolutely. That's a great point. It, it's um, you know, we know we we've talked to assistant coaches, we've talked to assistant general managers, we've talked to scouts, and we know the how difficult uh, it is for these guys, um, and many of them, having graduated their NHL career, to then say, okay, uh, for the next ten, fifteen years uh i'm going to be riding buses again yeah um i'm 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 an nhl star but i'm going to go back to i've won a stanley cup even but i'm going to go back to riding buses uh because i really want to put in the work put in the time uh gain the knowledge uh to reach that nhl pinnacle level again and um you know you you have you just have to look over to the Oilers and, and this isn't about where the organization is or, or anything like that. It's, it's about, um, you know, the Oilers felt they were in a similar situation. They had to, uh, fire their coach. They did. Um, and they brought in, uh, their, uh, AHL head coach, 
um, the AHL head coach, uh, Woodcroft, has has a ton of experience. Um, 17 years of pro co- coaching experience in, in both the AHL and, and uh, NHL. Um, they had an opportunity. If they wanted to do the same thing as, uh, as the Canadians did, um, why not bring in Ryan Smith? Everybody knows Ryan Smith. He's a shiny bobble too. He's Captain Canada. He's played, um, uh, you know, more than a thousand games like Marty St. Louis. Uh, does he have any um, coaching experience? Well, he also coaches his son's under 13 uh, team in Nashville. Uh, kind of a similar situation, but, the, you know, the, the Oilers didn't do that. They brought in an experienced coach. Um who are the who are the experienced coaches uh, for the Canadians? Well, um, Luke Richardson. I mean, Luke Richardson has a ton of experience, playing experience, but he's also been an assistant coach. Um, he was an assistant coach with the Senators in two thousand eight. He's been um, uh, has coach coaching experience in the NHL and AHL since for a dozen years. Um, Trevor Latowski. How about him? Uh, he was running the lines last night um, because Marty St. Louis said he didn't know the players' names or nicknames or their numbers. Um, he's been a coach in the OHL uh, for a dozen, uh, and a, a coach for a dozen years, starting in the OHL and working his way up. Um, how about going to uh, the AHL like the Edmonton Oilers did and promote their their um, uh, Coaching staff from down there, uh, J.F. Uhl, you know, he had a, 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 a hockey experience too, but transitioned into coaching. He's been a coach, started in the NCAA in 2003, uh, 17 years coaching experience. Kelly Buckberger has been a coach uh, for 15 years uh, at all levels, including the NHL level. Uh, Martin LaPerriere, we remember his, his dad uh, being a terrific coach. Martin LaPerriere, who's an assistant coach in Laval, has been a coach since 1998, toiling away in, in uh, the queue and, and uh, uh, different levels. Um, but the Canadians bypassed all that and said, you know, experience is not relevant. We're parachuting in a shiny bauble, as I keep saying, without any experience whatsoever. I do feel for uh, Luke Richardson quite a bit. He's someone that's been knocking on the door for years. I mean, dating back to when he was in Ottawa, I remember hearing him say that he wanted, you know, a head coaching position and it's just not happened yet. He's got experience developing players too. So I really saw that fit as something that would have made sense for Montreal, even if it is just as a short-term thing. And I think that, you know, 36 games that would have been a good opportunity to evaluate a coach that's already in the system and has it's familiar with the team that kind of wants to be here but uh yeah bringing in someone with no experience and like you said just parachuting in this shiny new toy you know it's a big name it's a familiar name he's a stanley cup winner and everything else that goes along with it like that's uh i don't know uh, how to take that but uh let, if let we me are just, to, yeah. Let me just add to your point about Luke Richardson. Uh, let's not forget that Dom Ducharme uh, had about a COVID uh, last 
uh, uh, well, it's, it was it was in the summer. Uh, the playoffs happened. So uh, between uh, the 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 Vegas series uh, and the Tampa Bay series, it was Luke Richardson who took over behind the bench as the Canadians' head coach, um, and, and and did a from all uh, from anybody's perspective did a really good job putting being put in a difficult situation. And we've heard player after player after player. Ben Sherratt saying, I'd go through a wall for him. Chris Weidman uh, talking, just praising him uh, and how he loves playing for Luke Richardson. Players love Luke Richardson. Um, what, What doesn't Luke Richardson have? Well, he doesn't have the ability to communicate in French. Uh, that's a priority for Molson, obviously. Um, interesting that, that, that all kinds of questions were being asked about Kent Hughes and whether his French was going to be any good. His French is a lot better than Marty St. Louis. Marty St. Louis struggled in the press conference, having to ask Chantel Maccabee a couple of times uh, how to say something in French. Last night uh, after the, uh, or um, Thursday night after the game, um, there was questions that he d- couldn't understand and had to to have them repeated. So if that's the issue, and and I mean, the other part of uh, the, that whole conversation or debate about uh, language being a priority, at the press conference, we saw something we haven't seen. And there's not been much talk about this, but Jeff Gordon had an earpiece. And it fell out, and he took it out at one point. And uh, he was asked, well, "What's that for?" And uh, well, it's it's uh, uh, so I can understand the uh, it, it's a translating device, so I can understand uh, when people talk in French. Oh, 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 oh! Those are available. Oh, the Montreal Canadiens use those. How about reversing it? Can can we reverse it? Can can we go the other way? Um, I thought that was very revealing and, and, and very revealing that, that none of the media pursued that angle at all. Um, but anyway, for 36 games, could, um, Luke Richardson have got by? Um, I think so. Uh, I yeah. think so. And could the, the media have been patient? I think so. Um, and it's, be- <laughs> I think it would be better having a, a competent, experienced coach, uh, then, um, you know, uh, uh, someone who, who comes in with, with literally no resume to their name. Another angle I was actually going to ask you about here is, uh, well, based on the fact that they just brought someone in and parachuted him to the top, um, is Luke Richardson, who you just said has raving reviews about uh, the way he coaches, is he going to even want to stay around in Montreal after something like this? And what does this say to other guys? Like, are, are they going to want to stick around? Are coaches going to want to even come into this organization? You know, being that, you know, maybe there's just no opportunity. Luke Richardson will move on. Uh, I think that's fairly clear. There's a lot of, uh, he's, he, he his profile was was uh, um, made more public uh, during the, the the playoffs last year and and that was noticed. I'm I can't imagine that that Luke Richardson will uh, continue being an assistant coach when uh, he'll likely have an opportunity to be a head coach. So I guess since Martin St. Louis is the guy who's here and we know he's going to be here for the rest of the season, uh, what are the important things that you think he has to do as interim head coach? 
Well, I think, um, you know, one of the things that we saw uh, on, on Thursday night against Washington, um, and Jeff Petrie spoke about it right after the game, is, is they changed systems, uh, particularly in the defensive zone. Uh, the Canadians, um, and this goes back to Julian and then, and then Ducharme kind of ramped it up. They were, they wanted to create a situation where it was always a two on one, um, situation with the puck carrier, a pressure kind of defense, pressure for check. Um, and it, it, it required a lot of reading. It re- required, uh, the five guys on the ice to, to make the same decision at the same time. Uh, come to the same conclusion, and uh, it wasn't working. It it, it was it, it was not working at all, and and it was easily exploited by by the opposition. We saw it often that the Canadians lost control of the neutral zone, but Jeff Petrie talked about how difficult it was uh, playing that system. Dave Savard said the same thing. Um, in their own end. And um, on Thursday night, uh, they went back to a man-to-man system that uh, that everybody's played. You, you played it at all levels of hockey, a simple man-to-man. Um, and, and Petrie said that, uh, you know, it's something that he enjoyed um, and, and felt much more comfortable uh, with and, and that the, it wasn't as fatiguing as playing uh, the other systems. So... Um, was that was that Marty St. Louis coming in and saying, you know, play man to man? I think it was probably him relying on his assistant coaches to say, listen, the players have been uh, complaining about this. Can we just can we simplify the game for them? If you want them to have fun, let's simplify it for them. And I think that's what happened. But yeah, I, I you know, he's he's trying to make things fun for them. He's trying to um, listen to them. Um, but I think, you know, 30 games, more than 30 games is a lot of games. I think that there still has to be a lot of teaching that goes on. And, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, that St. Louis can give some tips to guys like Caulfield, guys like Suzuki, but can he do that for a Ryan Paling, um, you know, who plays a very, very different game than, uh, than a Marty St. Louis played? I don't know. Um, but I, I, you know, I'd like to, I hope there can be some teaching and mentoring happening over the, the last couple months of the season. Yeah. I actually, I put together, I guess, a, a few bullet points on what I want to see St. Louis do in his time here and kind of what you were hinting at there, uh, player development first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And one thing he has is I think he can be relatable to a guy like Caulfield. I think, if anything, the St. Louis hiring is actually kind of good for Caulfield specifically more than any other player on this team. So that first and foremost, but another thing I jotted down here is we need to make the trade bait look tradable because if you're an NHL pro scout and you've watched the Montreal Canadian in the last couple of games, you don't have raving reviews that you're reporting back to your general manager about anybody. And I'm not talking about, you know, Sherrod and Lekkinen. I'm talking about your Toffoli's, your Dvorak. You know, there's rumors about these guys generating interest. But if you've watched them play the last little while, it's not been very good. So what can St. Louis do to maybe help some of the vets look tradable and, like, make them play better? Well, um, yeah, I I think it's just that uh, without this this... Uh, difficulty uh, between the players and the 
and 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 the coaching staff with with that removed that that they're more likely that they can play to their potential um particularly if if they're playing a little bit more of a, an offensive style um as you you mentioned to foley would be a, a a good candidate um for uh for a team going to the playoffs and and uh, could help out there and and yeah it's it's um it, it, that's part of the the role too is is to make um, make the the players get look like they're closer to their that, that they haven't in terms of Jeff Petrie they haven't forgotten how to play hockey um, that uh, they can get back to enjoying the game and and contributing the way they know they can yeah that's uh, that's exactly it and I mean again not to not to focus too much on uh, like the whole making guys like tradable thing, but uh, that, that's very much the coach's job right now, leading up to the deadline and leading up to the draft. I don't think, you know, you're going to be able to trade everyone at the deadline, but you want to make them look good going into the summer. Uh, you mentioned Petrie specifically. Uh, yeah. If he, he's on a six year deal, uh, we have to make him look like somebody that, you know, if a team trades an asset for him, that those six years aren't going to be completely terrible. So that that's one of my main concerns there. And I think the last thing I want to see out of St. Louis is uh, communication, which has been very uh, lacking mm-hmm. in this team. So uh, what do you think St. Louis can do to help with the communication with the players? Well, he's got to be honest. I mean, he can't be, um, you know, he, he can't, you can't fool a player. You you can't, um, you can't uh, spout sort of cliches and and expect that they're going to buy in. He's just got to be honest, uh, and that includes being honest about his his situation. I mean, there are going to be difficult decisions. Um, I I think that it's pretty clear that um, Cole Caulfield could benefit from being in the AHL for the rest of the season. Now, um, you know, some might argue that, okay, because uh, St. Louis is there, that might change things. And and Cole Caulfield looked much different last night. But I think there's still, for his long-term progress, uh, there's there's uh, a good reason uh, to put him in 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 the AHL, but stay away. Even we'll get away from, from, um, uh, Caulfield. Um, one of the things that when a coach sits down and says, okay, I'm sending you to the AHL, um, uh, the message, and we've, I mean, we've heard players repeat what they've been told a thousand times. Coaches say this, it's kind of over and over again. There are no shortcuts in this game. You have to put in the time. You have to put in the effort. Follow the process. Play the right way. And that's why we're sending you to the AHL. Now, how with any credibility does Marty St. Louis deliver that message? Because he didn't put in the time. He didn't put in the effort. He didn't follow the process. He got parachuted in. So how does he do that? Uh, that's going to be a real challenge for him, um, especially, uh, as I say, if, if they have to uh, send somebody to, uh, for further development in the AHL. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, maybe from Martin St. Louis' playing experience, being an undersized guy breaking into the NHL when he wasn't really expected to, uh, maybe he can relate to that a little bit. But no, exactly what you said. He's been basically handed everything so it's kind of hard 
so I guess like for myself and a lot of other people to look at that and say, really, you're going to tell us to, you know, improve and put in more work when well, you really haven't. <laughs> this is a sport um, based on merit. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, winning the Stanley Cup is supposed to be the, the, the ultimate demonstration of a meritocracy, right? Um, and the Montreal Canadiens have kind of just tossed that that concept out the window and and maybe they're only doing it temporarily let's hope they're only doing it temporarily for a, for a specific reason um but it it's things are a little upside down right now yeah i mean as someone who does like the chaos and i i love the drama of situations like this you know it, it's kind of easy for me to look at that and be like wow this is interesting i'm now engaged i'm gonna watch more games now just because of this but at the same time, like there's a, there are a lot of other aspects here where this is just a confusing decision by uh, Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes, and I, I don't really know what else to say about it. Um, one one thing I will ask you, and I think you touched on it a bit, is like, what are the odds that uh, St. Louis ends up coming back next year as a head coach? Is this something that's going to be a real possibility? Well, listen, what what if? Um... What if he does a great job and 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 the players love him? Um, should he come back next year? No, no, a flat no. Um, I mean, the analogy is is um, a flight attendant. You're a flight attendant. You're around airplanes all the time, and 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 um, and you're really good at your job, and you've been in your job forever. Do we trust that person to step into the cockpit and be the pilot? Do we? I personally don't. Would you be on that plane? Um, and listen, uh, uh, for the the vast majority of the time, they're they're running on autopilot. So so you know maybe there's maybe maybe they could do that 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 role for a while. And 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 the analogy getting back to St. Louis, you know, uh, if things are going well and you create a positive spirit and, but you're going to run into a situation. You're going to run into something where you don't have the experience to face that challenge because you haven't been a head coach. You don't have any experience and you're going to make a terrible decision. As John Tortorella, best friend of Marty St. Louis said, his emotions are going to get in his way. (laughs) They are. He's going to react emotionally. He's going to react without experience. Is there any parallel to that? Of course there is. We've seen Mario Tremblay come in with zero experience. Um, And, you know, um, maybe things taking over from Jacques uh, Demers and maybe things would have been okay, but he ran into that situation with with Patrick Waugh that he was ill-prepared for. He had no experience. He took it emotionally. He took it at, at a personal level. And it's one of the disasters that the, Can- the Canadians fans talk about over and over and over again. One of the most disastrous moments in this franchise's history. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Marty St. Louis. But um, it, this isn't just about creating, you know... Uh, uh, a fun camp. It isn't. There's going to be difficult decisions to be made. And to make those, you have to have experience. And so, listen, if 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 he does a great job and you want to bring in Marty St. Louis in, in some other aspect of the organization next year, fine. But 
if the Canadians are serious, if Jeff Gordon, if uh, Kent Hughes are serious about turning around this franchise, they have to do a full uh, legitimate search for uh, a qualified head coach for the Montreal Canadiens for next fall. Absolutely. And there's just one thing we haven't touched on that I kind of want to tee you up on is uh, what's the, the difference between a system and a concept? <laughs> well, that's, that's a really good question. And, and we said that uh, we, we heard uh, him say that Marty St. Louis say that he hated systems. Uh, he felt boxed in by systems. He, he believes that good players should just be able to go out there to, to read and react um, and that uh, he won't have anything to do with systems um, at all. But he believes in concepts. Um, and nobody really asked him what the difference was. Um, there was an article in The Athletic where they went back to his um, his team in, in uh, his peewee team in, in Connecticut and asked um, the, the head coach, the, the coach that he had played with, you know, um, what, what's his, his philosophy? And, and uh, as Mike Kennedy said, uh, to quote, he doesn't believe in really systems. He believes in concepts. I'm not sure exactly what the difference is. <laughs> and so uh, whether we're just playing word games here or, or what, um, obviously um, the players need some sort of system. Um, it doesn't have to be overly complicated like Dom Ducharme's system. Uh, but there has to be a there has to be a pro an approach. There has to be a, a system. Uh, there has to be a plan. Uh, um, so we'll 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 see how how Marty kind of um, changes or or uh, changes his his opinion or or his his words that he uses uh, over the the next thirty six games. Yeah, I foresee a lot of really good quotes coming out of this brief stint. I think hashtag fun is going to be the new thing on Twitter <laughs> for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's there's just so much to digest from this whole topic. Uh, do you have any uh, last remarks on uh, Martin St. Louis hiring? Uh, listen, we, we don't intend to be to be negative, uh, not at all. And, and like I say, if this is a temporary measure, uh, we can somewhat understand, uh, we're just presenting the, the, uh, we're trying not to get caught up in the, in the hoopla, um, of this all style, no substance kind of, kind of approach that they're going to take for the next few months. Um, but, but hopefully, uh, this is this is being done with a method, with with a, a plan to uh, try and bring the best out of players, so that they can do a proper evaluation, and then, as I said, uh, do a serious coaching search in the off season. Absolutely, and kind of like what you said. Look, we're not trying to be negative for the sake of being nope. negative. Uh, but when you hire a head coach with no coaching experience, I think there should be some questions, and I. I I mean, sure, there are positives, like we kind of mentioned them, like, yeah, San Luis probably is going to be inspirational to some mm-hmm. younger guys, etc. But, you know, he has no coaching experience, and it's hard to see past that one. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that that's what we have to do is, is uh, ask questions. We asked questions when Dom Ducharme took over. Um, we, uh, I don't think any of us, you can go back and listen to, uh, the podcasts, canadiansconnection.fm, they're all there. 
we weren't very excited when Dom Ducharme uh, got his uh, was made the permanent head coach and got his three year contract. Um, we thought that was a, a contract that uh, Carey Price delivered to him, and that they they should have uh, done a, a, a serious coaching search uh, last off season, but that did not happen. And I think, you know what, on that note, it's uh, it's time we take our final break here on uh, Canadians Connection podcast. Stay with us. You are listening to Canadian Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 178 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hey, don't forget you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. And of course, a reminder, you can text us at any time uh, via the Rocket Sports text line. That's 5853-ROCKET. One more time, 5853 three rocket uh segment three you get to have your say in this segment and coming up here in just a couple of minutes rick is going to read some of the responses from you our listeners and fans and followers uh on your reactions to marty st louis coming in as interim head coach hey great job by the way you and michael spinella really did a nice job in that segment um breaking all of that down uh, it, lots of lots of good points lots of good things to consider no bandwagon jumping needed. Always good to have Michael on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys did a great job. Um, uh, so, of course, let's not forget, uh, it's been a crazy week 
it's kind of been a little bit of an upside down week with all of the news. Uh, so maybe there's some content that you missed here at our Rocket Sports platforms. Uh, we want to make sure that you that you don't miss anything. Over at allhabs.net, at All Habs Hockey Magazine, uh, Chris G's Habs Notepad was out this week. Of course, there were uh, game day previews and recaps uh, that that are there as well. Uh, those are courtesy of of Rick with the help of of Cole and Sam. Uh, so make sure that you check those out. Don't want to miss those. Uh, over on the All Habs YouTube channel. That's right. Don't forget, we have a YouTube channel. Are you subscribed? Come on, go over there, subscribe. Uh, make sure you hit the notification bell so that you find out every time we have a new video posted. Uh, and uh, for this week, there's a new edition of the Habs Fan Forum. Uh, it's called Changes Keep Coming. Of course, there's re- lots of reaction good, bad, and indifferent, uh, not only about uh, Ducharme getting fired, Marty St. Louis getting hired, uh, that blowout game against New Jersey, even a little bit of talk about Nick Suzuki at the All-Star game. Uh, So lots of fun topics uh, and reactions there at the Habs Fan Forum. And we talked also about the Press Zone podcast, uh, where we focus on Habs prospects and the Laval Rockets. So, uh, And this week we were joined by our good friend and Rocket Sports contributor, Patrick Williams. So be sure to check that out at as well. But Rick, mm-hmm. what do the people think? We want to know what the people think of Martin St. Louis. Do they like it? Do they love it? Do they hate it? Are they like shaking in their boots? What do I, they what I do they think surprise, shock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's been and, and listen, we've got thousands and thousands of of interactions with Habs fans. We have a community of uh, over 50,000 Habs fans on Facebook. Uh, if you want to, to join in, it's facebook.com slash all Habs uh, to find our fan page. I'm just going to read a couple of them here uh, in no particular order. Uh, Mick Phelan to start says zero coaching experience. Um, Mark Bazanson says, I would have went with Luke Richardson for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, would make sense. Um, Art Barker, this is ridiculous. No NHL coaching experience. Actually, no coaching experience at all. <laughs> right. uh, so I guess they don't learn anything from past experience. I think he's talking about Mario Tremblay there. Yeah. The team needs an experienced head coach to get some of these kids, uh, for example, Suzuki Caulfield, to the next level. Uh, Jonathan Levine says, out of all the names out there as potential head coach, I did not see this one coming. Uh, you, you got a lot of company there. Um, and lots of fans have, have liked that particular comment. Daniel Belanger says, listen, I like the guy as a player, but why hire a guy with no coaching experience? Uh, Hughes is using the old saying, if you want to look competent, surround yourself with incompetence. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Okay. Um, Keith Rideout says, uh, should get him to play. That can't hurt. Well, all right. (laughs) Um, yeah. And, uh, Jeff Mitchell, uh, we'll, we'll end here saying, uh, here we go again, select a Francophone coach to coach that is priority number one for a franchise can only hope interim is the operative word as they need the best available coach 
regardless of their ability to speak French. Um, and we, we saw that... Uh, Sorry, that's too reasonable. Uh, well, it is, and, <laughs> and it makes sense. Uh, and, and even um, Marty was a little rusty with his French uh, in, in the presser. Uh, I was shocked at how many times he had to look to Chantel for help with what's the, you know, what's the phrase, what's the, phrase, what's the yeah. word I'm looking for. And, and even in his first post-game presser on Thursday, there were times that he was looking for his words in French. Um, and ask uh, ask for questions to be repeated. Yes, uh, a little rusty. Marty's a little rusty. Um, I love hearing from our fans. I love I love that the the reactions from fans run the gamut from soup to nuts. They're at both ends of the spectrum and everywhere in between. And that's what's great about uh, the All Habs community is that whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, um, whether it's comments on the text line emails that we get uh or comments on on articles on the website uh Habs fans are opinionated they're passionate about their team uh whatever whatever form of passion that takes whether they're excited or whether they're miserable or whether they're angry uh and we always love to hear from you so keep them coming keep them coming and we'll we'll gladly read your responses here on the air um and there's lots of games to react to uh as we've said, we've got back-to-back 12.30 starts uh, today, Saturday, and tomorrow. Uh, first, uh, Montreal hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets today. I wonder what Patrick Line is going to do today. Uh, and the Buffalo Sabres visiting Montreal tomorrow before, um, I want to say, is it Wednesday next week? Uh, Thursday. Thursday. St. Louis coming in uh, to visit the Montreal Canadiens. So some good games coming up. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if maybe there's a win in there somewhere. Well, it would be the first win uh, for Martin St. Louis. That's right. As head coach. And of course, next Saturday, February 19th, will be the next episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. I get to rejoin you again. I'll nice. be back again next week. All right. Can we not start at an yeah, ungodly we, yeah, hour? We don't have to start so early next week. Can we start when I've woken up a little bit? All right. I, you did I, fine. You did just fine. I noticed there weren't donuts. No, well, we should have punchkis because that season's coming up. Really? The Polish donuts, yeah. The Polish donuts. Terrific. I'll let you provide mm. those. Um, we certainly, donuts or not, we hope you're here with us again next Saturday. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast, whatever your favorite podcast app is. Share it on social media. Uh, if you're a listener on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, we welcome you to rate the show. Uh, that always is a great gift. Consider it a Valentine's Day gift. Happy early Valentine's Day, Rick, to you and Happy all of Valentine's our listeners. It's hard to believe that's here already this mm-hmm. weekend after this weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, we just can't wait to be back with you again on Saturday. I'm sure. Uh, who who knew last Saturday when you were here with Chris G how much news there was going to be on to unpack with within <laughs> within a week? So who knows what we'll have to talk about next Saturday? But I guarantee it's going to be interesting. Always. We'll see you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Always good to be here. Uh, And thanks so much for being here with us. We'll see you again next Saturday for another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.